Do you love Jesus and love agriculture? In the beginning, one of the first jobs God gave people was to care for a garden. And today, many Christians are going back to the land as they feel God's call to steward His creation. Their purpose is much bigger than just growing food. It's about impacting their communities and bringing glory to their Creator. As this movement of Christian agrarians grows, the potential for changed lives and restored land is great. This is not always an easy journey, but it can be one of the most rewarding. My name is Noah Sanders, and I am a Christian farmer and homesteader. I want to welcome you to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast, the podcast for Christian gardeners, homesteaders, and farmers. Join me as I encourage us to connect our faith in farming through sharing spiritual insights, practical experiences, and inspiring interviews. Let's walk this journey together, seeking to live for Jesus, excel in agriculture, and make disciples. Let's redeem the dirt. Welcome to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast. I'm your host, Noah Sanders, and this week, I'm excited to share with you a Farming God's Way episode. Farming God's Way, also known as Foundations for Farming, is an amazing farming ministry based out of Zimbabwe, Africa, and impacting many people around the world. They focus on teaching very simple agricultural principles based in God's Word, the heart of Jesus, and God's creation. Their teaching and influence are aimed at helping the last, the least, and the lost. And I came across them several years ago and have been greatly impacted by their heart and simple yet impressive agricultural results. I've been blessed to be able to go and visit some of the folks at Farming God's Way and Foundations for Farming over in Zimbabwe several times and would love to have taken some of you with me to go just see and hear um, their heart. But instead, I've been given generous permission from them to be able to share with you some episodes from a Farming God's Way radio series that they produced several years ago that was originally aired on Trans World Radio. So today we're going to share one of those episodes. I pray that you are challenged and encouraged by what you hear today. Let's listen in. Brian, in our last program, you gave us a pretty good o- overview of how Farming God's Way was birthed and the, and the vision that the Lord placed in your heart for the poor people of Africa. So it's very obvious to us that um, God did not reveal this to you just so that you could be a successful and rich farmer. How did the Lord reveal to you this vision and this need to spread farming God's way throughout the whole of Africa? Well, as I explained, that when we had lost everything through um, refusing to grow tobacco and starting to grow food, uh, when we arrived on Hinton Estate on the 1st of October 1982, there was a welcoming card on our bed from a pastor who lived 45 kilometers away. And in that card it said, you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail in a sun-scorched land. And that comes from Isaiah chapter 58. And Isaiah chapter 58 has been the guiding scripture that has been behind farming God's way ever since. In Isaiah chapter 58, basically when we're in trouble, we go to God in prayer and we fast. Then God says there that if we come to him and fast with a selfish heart, he won't hear us. And he says the true fast is if we go and clothe the naked and feed the hungry and remove the yoke of oppression. That means the cause of the poverty. God deems that as as the height of unselfishness. 
because poor people can't help us back. It's a total giving situation. And he says if he does that, then he starts in a miraculous process for the rebuilding of what we have to do. If we have this heart for the poor, God says three things will happen. Firstly, our light will rise and shine like the noonday sun. And then the second thing he says is that our righteousness will go before us. And the third thing he says, God's glory will be our real God. So light comes to show us the problem because there's darkness and people can't see why we're the poorest continent on earth getting poorer. And then God reveals a plan to us and then people say, yes, that is right. And then he gets all the glory because it's his plan, it's not man's plan. And then in that process, he says, you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And so that brings in the farming aspect as well as, as the spiritual aspect. And it's very encouraging for us because that's exactly what's happened in farming God's way. It's all about soil and water and growing things. And then there's an amazing um, part of that in verse 12 where he says, if we go through that faithfully and we remove this yoke of oppression causing poverty, he says, you'll be known as the rebuild of the ancient ruins on the age-old foundations and restorer of streets with dwellings. And then therein lies the rebuilding plan for Africa. Wow, so that's really enlightening. And uh, we can see that Isaiah 58 is, is very close to your heart and is, as is, is the foundational scripture for farming God's way. But now um, the problems in Africa, we, we see then, and you've explained to us, it's very clear that hunger and poverty are our real problems. Could you just go through what the world's response is to this problem of hunger and poverty and why farming God's way is the alternative and is the right answer? Well, in real terms, everybody will agree that Africa is actually getting poorer and the people are getting hungrier. So if this is true, it means that the world system is doing nothing effective to reverse that trend. And sadly, we have to say that the church system is not doing anything effective to reverse that trend. So we have to run to God and ask him what to do. And basically, it is a spiritual battle because the evil one wants to make our people hungry and poorer. So we have to take it out with the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who's defeated the powers of darkness. And so when we teach farming God's way, we couch it in the word of God and we point to Jesus and we point to the Father and the Holy Spirit at every opportunity we can. And so the world doesn't deal with those things. It's a spiritual battle. And we're having billions and billions of dollars of aid pumped into Africa for many years now, but the situation is getting worse. And again, it's a spiritual, scriptural route that we have to go to. We have to be faithful with the first things that God's given us. That is the land, the rainfall, the sunshine, etc. And so if we're faithful in little, God's going to add to us. And it's an entrance point to dealing with it. It sounds a bit simplistic, but remember that God is an orderly God. And when he created everything, he said it was good. And he said to Adam and Eve, go and multiply and take dominion over the earth. And then he gives the first job he gives Adam to do is to go and look after the garden. And so if you look at every successful nation on earth, They've been faithful the first thing that God's given them, which is looking after the garden of that nation, the soil, the water, the ra and rainfall, and sunshine, etc. And there, after that comes second industry, manufacturing, services, mining fits into the picture, and God blesses and adds and adds and adds to it. If our land is degrading away and washing away, and our yields are going down, we have to say to the Father, Father, we've been unfaithful of the first things you've given us. So farming God's way is an entrance point 
to rectifying it in God for his glory. Yeah, Brian, it would appear to me that uh, the world's answer to the poverty in Africa is just to pour aid and pour food in. Mm. But this creates another problem, which is uh, a real curse, actually, the curse of dependency. Yeah, the dependency syndrome is one of the chief causes of the oppression. You see, if we keep on getting given help and uh, money and aid and so on, it actually prevents us from being faithful with what God's given us, and it's counterproductive. Rather, let us go and say, any aid we get, and it doesn't have to be that much, let us go to the poor people and change uh, Africa from the bottom. You see, it's the upside-down kingdom. We've been pumping money into the power structures at the top, and nothing has happened. Now, Jesus, when he came, he changed the world not by going to the kings, the governors, the rich, the powerful, the educated. He went to ordinary people and up, turned the world upside down. And I believe if we go to the poor and create models of on-time at standard without wastage, with joy, those will shine upwards and we'll change from the bottom because then when the people see the astounding change down there from the power structures, they will come and say, what is this all about? And they will receive the message. God says he chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong, and he chooses the foolish uh, ones of this world to confound the wise. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks for that. You, you obviously have a real passion for the poor people of Africa. So far, how many countries has, has Farming God's Way been able to reach in Africa? It's quite amazing. Uh, as we've been faithful with our own situation here with our poor in, in Zimbabwe, God has now taken us, and I've never tried to push myself into any country. God has called us in to uh, a number of countries, and there are now 16 countries in Africa, um, starting from the south going northwards. There's South Africa, Namibia, Lesotho, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Zambia, Angola, uh, DRC, the Congo, Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, Sudan, Somalia, and Ghana and Nigeria, 16 in all. And we've also had approaches from places like uh, South America. We've been asked to go to Thailand. Uh, there's uh, invitations to go to India. And an Australian who came here wants to take it to Aboriginals of, of, of Australasia. And he also wants to take it into China. He's actually started to tell the Chinese about it. So... It is growing, but my heart and our heart is, is for the poor people of Africa. Well, so it's not just uh, restricted to Africa, but Africa is obviously going to be our focus. And uh, have, do you get feedback from these various countries uh, that you've traveled to after you've left? Yes, it's amazing, Craig, that um, God seems to raise up somebody in each country that hears the vision and says, yes, this is the answer. And they almost make this the most important part of their lives. And we call them champions. I was asked by my principals in the church to go and make disciples. And uh, I, I was a bit embarrassed to call them disciples. So I decided to call them champions. They are championing God's cause for the poor. And uh, God seems to raise up these people. And they come in twice a year, every six months in March and September. We have a champions gathering in Harare at our station at Westgate where they come and see what we're doing in the latest developments. We have a refresher course, and then we talk about something topical, and we learn from each other, because God has not chosen one person. It's a family on a mission together from all a diverse uh, group of churches. That's what's so beautiful. Africa will never change through one denomination or one group of churches. 
But all of those groupings together, God will use to remove the yoke of oppression in Africa. I might be sounding a bit biased here, but we're very blessed to have you as a homegrown Zimbabwean. Thank you, Brian. Now, um, moving on, what, what are the best methods of teaching uh, the vulnerable households? How, 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 do, how have you expanded it? Let's talk about Zimbabwe for, for, to begin with. Firstly, Jesus taught by discipling. He made 12 disciples and, and turned upside the, the whole world. And then um, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So modeling is a form of discipleship. We have to create models that people can see. And so we have what we call a, a well-watered garden, which is a 7.5 meter by 7.2 little plot, which is big enough to have the infield effect of a large land. But people can stand all around that and watch the principles. Also, we place that well-watered garden in somewhere where everybody can see, so the most light can shine like the dawn, and the people can say, yes, this is right. And they go past this plot. Firstly, they see it planted, and they see the high precision and accuracy and standards and timing and the joy that we do it with and the elimination of waste. And they see that, and they walk past this, and they see it growing uh, beautifully and evenly and strongly for five months and the truth enters their hearts, and it's a wonderful way to teach. And everybody can stand around it. I remember once in Zambia, we had about a 600 people standing around a plot. Fortunately, it was an embankment there. But it's a wonderful model to teach many people. They see God's glory. And uh, could you expand a bit on Operation Joseph? Yes, Operation Joseph is our local expression uh, from our own home church, which is River of Life Westgate, uh, just outside Harare. And we reach out from there to um, 85 centers throughout Zimbabwe in all natural regions and all soil types. And we go out and we, we teach them and we have appointed an area coordinator or two area coordinators from each of those places. And they come in every three months for uh, five days of teaching where we refresh them again with the principles and we reteach them for the appropriate operations for that next three months. And then they go back, and they have 60 people around them, and they teach them uh, those principles as well every week. And it's been an amazingly successful thing. It, it started slowly because people are suspicious at first. But once they realize that you love them, they trust you. And it's amazing how they've uh, accepted that, and we're having dramatic um, testimonies of improved yields. In fact, when there's a dry season, the only place in an area that has any food is the ones who've carried out farming God's way. Yes, thank you, Brian. It has really been an honor to have you with us today. Please, will you join Craig Deal and myself, Joseph Lamini, over the next programs as we take you through all the various aspects? Well, I hope you enjoy today's Farming God's Way episode. If you're interested in learning more of some of the techniques that they may have shared in today's episode or some of the story. We have training videos that you can find at redeemingthedirtacademy.com. If you would like to support the work that Foundations for Farming is doing in Zimbabwe, you can do so through their partnership with Crown Financial Ministries called I Was Hungry. You can go to iwashungry.net and learn about the amazing program that they've put together where they bring in 30 people from a community and disciple them for two weeks in faith, farming, finances, and family. And 
read and listen to some of the amazing testimonies from the people that they have impacted. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to um, to give in a way that promotes a real solution to hunger. And me and my family have been supporting them on a monthly basis because we really love what they're doing and have been over there. We have seen um, the work that they've done, the lives that they've changed, and would encourage you to pray about um, joining and partnering with them at IWasHungry.net. Until next time, this is Noah Sanders. Stay humble, be faithful, and keep redeeming the dirt.